If you are looking for even more help and guidance on your breakup, I have a few different options for you to take your healing to the next level. I have four different online courses depending on what stage of the breakup that you're in from beginning all the way into moving on after heartbreak, or you can bundle all of my courses together and use the code podcast to get $25 off my course bundle. I also have my 30 day no contact challenge to help hold you accountable in going no contact with your ex. And we have our free Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with other people going through breakups all over the world. To learn more about any of these resources, head to the show notes where you can learn more about my courses, take the quiz to figure out which course is best for you, or join the Facebook group. And don't forget to use the code PODCAST to get $25 off my course bundle. Welcome to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast with your host, Breakup Bestie, aka me, Kendra. Breakups are hard, but you don't have to do it alone. Each week, I will be taking you through a different topic as it relates to breaking up, healing from heartbreak, growing in your single life, dating, and getting back into happier and healthier relationships. The goal of this show is to provide support, hope, tips, and to remind you that above all, this too shall pass. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast. Today, I am featuring my very first guest on the show. When I started this podcast, I always thought that I would eventually have guests on, but if you've been listening this far, you know it's just been me doing solo episodes up to this point. But about a month ago, I noticed an account called We Are Male Room started following me on Instagram, and it's male, M A L E, like men. And right when I looked at this profile, I thought, okay, I have to work with them in some way. So they created this content platform where they just talk about the male's perspective in relationships, in dating, in breakups. So they do video shows, they have a podcast, they actually do virtual speed dating. They have a segment where they have men analyze text messages that women send in. So overall, just so rad. And that's one thing I've never been able to speak to is the male perspective. And I know it's a question a lot of my listeners have is why did he do X, Y, or Z? And I can never read people's minds. And so I was so excited to interview Mailroom's founder, Mindy Kaplan, on today's show. And to be honest, even as a married woman, I learned so much about the male's thinking and male's perspective all through relationships just in day-to-day life. So we talked about so much in this episode. We talked about a lot about dating, you know, why men are not as emotional as women typically. I answered a bunch of questions that came directly from my private Facebook group. We talked about sex. So definitely so excited for today's episode. And I definitely encourage you all to check out Mailroom. It is We Are Mailroom on Instagram. And I will let Mindy introduce herself. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode. So welcome to the podcast, Mindy. Thank you. I'm honored to be the first guest. Yes. Yes. I'm so yeah, excited. Some good intel. 
Yeah. Yes. <laughs> very excited for that. Even as someone who's married, still very looking forward to getting to know some of the, the yeah. intel on the male perspective. So I'd love for you to introduce yourself and introduce mm-hmm. Mailroom and give some insight as to why you started it, what it is. So I'll let you kick it off with that. Sure. So basically, the reason I started Mailroom is because I felt like I was getting such supportive, great advice from my girlfriends. But when I would hear it straight from my guy friends, it would be night and day and it would be very blunt and they would just tell it like it is. And I just thought, you know, I really want to get inside the mind of these guys, all different types, all different ages, and just understand what's going on and also kind of put them in the hot seat a little bit. Because sometimes what I found just being in the field as a single person is like, what I'm seeing isn't what I'm hearing and they don't, they don't line up. And like, I just wanted to get in there and and figure it out and, and try to do it in a fun way because um, I think a lot of women, we consider a lot of women that, that, um, that are part of our audience, we call them selectively unattached. So it might mean that they're single, they might be divorced. Um, it doesn't mean that they're angry or desperate, but they're kind of just holding out for the right guy. And so it was really important for me to start this because I felt like there was a lot of miscommunications going on. So, um, as far as what it is, it's a video series, it's a podcast. Uh, we do events in real life, but now we've taken those events and we bring them, um, live streamed on Twitch. And then we also do, um, virtual dating events, which are, we call mailroom Mondays. And that's just to get people together who wouldn't normally meet. And they're three minute like speed dates virtually. So um, that's been fun too. I love that. I love that. I love the virtual dating thing because as I think it's just been so cool to see how so many companies have brought things virtually and put things online. And I've loved hearing about people doing virtual dates and doing FaceTimes and Mm -hmm. like going on first dates over FaceTime. I think it's been so cool. So I love that you're bringing that aspect of probably like-minded people, but people Mm -hmm. who never, who probably would never mix at, you know, on a day-to-day basis. So I love that you're doing that. And I love the whole concept of mailroom. And you and I were talking before this about, I think men claim they don't understand women. Women don't understand men. Mm -hmm. We're, Mm -hmm. you know, completely two different creatures, biologically, emotionally, all of those things. And in my experience, working with women going through breakups, there are so many things we don't understand about why men do what they do. And Mm -hmm. when we're going through a breakup and we're at a low point, we tend to fill in those gaps with the bad news. So either that's we, we assume worst case scenario and that doesn't help us because it makes us feel little and not enough and all of those things. Or like you and I, you mentioned, we take that like one text message that they sent or that one thing they said maybe during the breakup and we mm-hmm. like hold so tightly onto that thing and we try to translate it in a way that gives us hope that maybe they'll want to get back together. They said this right. one thing you mentioned, like, yes. they mention it to all their girlfriends and say like, what do you think this means? Mm-hmm. And either way it's making the breakup significantly harder on themselves. And I think it makes us take these really 
probably innocent actions from men and Mm -hmm. we take it super personally or we turn it into something way bigger than it should be. Yeah. Yeah. And so much of it too is the lens you're looking in, right? So if you want it to be positive, if his text is, is something pretty simple, if you're in that, that mindset of wanting that text to mean something more, but I, from so many of these men, it's like, it's, it's not news that guys are pretty simple. Um, but you know, as women, we want to support each other. So if my friend shows me that same text, I'll probably be like, Oh yeah, I think there's hope. But what I've learned and what I'm actually trying to apply with some of my girlfriends is like, actually, you know, action is everything. Like the one takeaway from all the shows we've done is actions speak louder than words with men. And we, you know, we might be more analytical. We might want to just hear those words and interpret them a certain way. But in black and white, you know, these guys are just saying like, if a guy wants to see you, he'll see you. If he's going to show up, he'll show up. If, you know, he's in dating, I've learned all these great terms like simmering. And that is like, you're kind of on the back burner with a bunch of other women because, you know, this guy's getting some attention. And so when I get, um, a text. And actually we have a segment on the show called text translations and we literally collect texts from all different women and it's anonymous and we put them up on our screen and we say, okay, guys, what does this mean? And because we have different types of guys on the show, they all say different things, but this, the consistent message at the end, when I say, okay, like, uh, keep them or dump them or, you know, something on those lines, what's the final advice. It's usually, if it's that difficult then you should move on, whether it's a breakup or it's dating. And it sounds very simple, obviously, but in even just hosting it, I have these moments where it's really sinking in for me when I'm thinking about, oh, wait, I am being simmered. This guy, you know, he's asking to do something, asking me which day. And I just, I wait a little bit, obviously. And then I write him back and then he doesn't respond for a week. And then after the week, he says, hey, what's going on? And I'm like, what? you just, you asked me, I told you. And now, so with that guy, instead of holding on hope and asking my my friends, my girlfriends, all different advice, I'm just like, you know what, moving on. And if that guy reappears and wants to really show up in action, maybe I'll consider it. But the holding on to the hope is what I think a lot of us women do. And the men are showing us one way or another. It's just a matter of if we want to look besides listen. I love that. You touched on so many good things just then. The first one is women giving, we typically tell our girlfriends what they want to hear because we want to be kind. We want to be supportive. We don't want to be the one that like crushes their hope. However, you know, I've, ever since I've started Breakup Bestie, I have been trying to do that a little bit more with friends because with you know, what started off as strangers in my community, I'm like telling them like, Hey, look, no, like, that's not what that means. Like, Mm -hmm. it sounds like he's not a great person and probably not someone you want to be dating. So it's so much easier, I think, to give strangers advice rather than close friends. Yeah. Yeah. I I noticed that with, you know, guy friends or my husband, they are, they're typically very literal in in what they're saying. And mm-hmm. they don't, even if I ask like, well, what did you mean by that? They're like, what I said, you know? Yeah. There was, <laughs> there's not, <laughs> I meant exactly what I typed out. And 
so we tend to put all of these like hidden meanings behind texts and and I think text messages even come with their own other realm of things where you can't sense tone you can't you know yeah. you like make up tone in your head and an innocent text message can turn into something a lot bigger than that so um so I love that so the biggest thing is having like actions speak louder than words and that's something I talk about too like make sure those mm -hmm. things are matching and just because someone says they want to change it it's not going to be anything until you actually see like the proof in the pudding that they're actually mm -hmm. changing um so the first thing that i wanted to ask and it's it's like pretty much my biggest question is mm -hmm. how is it that my ex was able to move on so quick mm -hmm. and does and i think people automatically put that translation into they didn't care about me their relationship right. my relationship obviously meant nothing if they were to move on so quickly and you know there's so many differences between men and women as to how they mourn anything um mm -hmm. so i'd love to hear i don't know if that's come up in some interviews or maybe just yeah. in you know piecing that together but what are kind of your thoughts on on that with an ex move like a guy moving on a lot faster after a breakup sure so two things come to mind on that first one is uh a lot of men if they're attempting to move on whether it's difficult or it's not they don't want to give you the wrong idea so if they're not being clear in action and they're kind of playing into like the words, let's say it's giving you hope that there's possibility down the road, then that's not really, that's almost like an easy way out because that makes the man feel better and it gives the girl hope. But if the man truly cares about the woman, as hard as it is for him to either try to get some distance or give short answers and not show much, then I think the intention is right because the guy doesn't want to give the girl the wrong idea. As hard as that is for the woman that like wants some closure or she wants some compliments or wants to know that it meant something, I think that sometimes like when the ego comes into play and I think that if for a lot of women that had great relationships, it's hard to just know yourself that, you know, I know it was good and, and I, I think that he thought so too, but he's not showing me that can get really difficult to find that within yourself to get the closure. But I do think it's almost better sometimes if the guy, if there's no, if there's really not going to be the opportunity to get back together, that he isn't giving mixed messages. So that's probably easier, an easier pill to swallow down the road than it is in the short term where you just want that back and forth and you crave that because that's what you had before. So that's one which to sum that up would be, I think, the guy just may not want to give the girl the wrong idea if it may really be over. And then two is like the age old men in communication. And sometimes it's really hard for a man to communicate like how amazing the relationship was, but now it's, you know, it's taken uh, some time to realize that it might not be the right thing. So I, I know it's a very difficult time to go through a breakup and I think women kind of feel like um, waiting for a cliffhanger of good news or bad news. But I think to even what we were saying earlier, it's in the action. So if he is pulling away, that might just be where it's going. 
if there's hope, I mean, the best thing that I've seen as far as advice from men to women too, is like, trust the space. Like if your relationship was that good and maybe you, you, you hit a roadblock and you just take some time and you really take some time and you don't text, like when you, a memory comes up and you don't try to like get in good with his friends to then let him know that he's kind of an idiot because he's missing out. You know, if you just really give that space, then it goes back to what we were saying before, which is like, let the guy show you in action. Um, and if he doesn't, then maybe there's someone even better that might, you know, be a stronger partner if you if you kind of let that be and not chase it so much. I'm sure so many people listening to this are like nodding their heads. <laughs> like I was laughing so hard internally when you were talking about like, I'm giving him space, but I'm going to text him. I'm going to like get in with his friends, totally yeah. manipulating the entire situation. Yeah. And I hear that all the time. They'll say, oh, I broke up two weeks ago, but I think he's changed. I'm like, no one can really change in two weeks. You know, yeah. it's like you really yeah. need to give space. And I remember when I was going through some of my relationship woes. I read that book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Yeah. And literally the one takeaway that I always remember is that men need to go into their little cave yeah, to process their stuff. And yeah. women need to talk it out. We like have to be around other people. We have to process it with others. And guys really do need the space in order to think and probably come to terms with with their emotions. And mm -hmm. I'm curious in, in your experience, and I want to come back to something else that you said, but in your experience, do you, have you seen that? Do men talk out their issues, relationship related or not with other guys? Depends on the guy. I think, uh, it's a lot more of like an abridged version that we would do. It would be like, Hey man. Yeah. So like, we, we broke up and like, yeah, kind of sucks. I'm torn, but we'll see. Do you want to watch some football? Like yeah. I, I think, and then we delve into like, but um, when we were breaking up, you know, he said something about like, you know, the day we met. And so like, obviously what I'm going to do in a few weeks is like send a picture of the place we met or like bring it up and just see, cause that obviously means that like he's thinking about it, you know? So I think that or we'll delve into like the one little word that was said that could mean that there's an open door. And I, I, I did kind of stereotype, like I mentioned on the show, we have like the smooth guy, the, the player type, then we have the nice guy, the intellect, the very like spiritual guy. So the very spiritual guy may kind of delve into, and there's all these different men's groups now too, that are popping up, which I think are great. There's That's one called amazing. every man. Um, specifically and a lot of these men get together and they talk about you know stereotypes and they talk about that what they want to what they're vulnerable about and maybe how they showed up in relationships before and what they want to change and so that guy I'm sure would be delving into all the whys and uh differently than the like kind of bro that I um reenacted so I think you know breakups are so subjective based on the outcome based on um, how how it landed and if there's hope to get back. But amongst these different types of guys, I think they handle it differently. But guys as a whole, 
I think are like, you know, men of few words don't get as in depth where we analyze everything about the lead up to the breakup, the actual breakup talk, and then any follow up. So, um, you know, I say that because also I think there could be some exceptions of guys that are really torn that need to talk through their feelings and that may actually go to their girlfriends. Um, and have those kind of conversations. But to me, that's more of someone that might be stuck in the middle versus yeah. a guy that's like, she was amazing. She just wasn't my person. And so I have to move on. And and I think that's how guys cope. And that's how they can move on quicker without delving into it unless there's some unknown. That makes so much sense. And I remember recently, one of my husband's friends went through a breakup and I asked, oh, why did they break up? And he's like, I don't know. I was like, how do you not, <laughs> how do you not know? And he's like, you didn't bring it up. And it's like, like, are you human? Yeah. I'm like, did you not ask gender. why? <laughs> so I think you're totally spot on with them probably just like saying it like it is and not necessarily, I mean, I don't even think it's like they don't want to delve into the emotions. I think they're just a lot they're much better equipped to see things as black and white. Like, yeah, this is my person. This is not my person. They're probably not seeing the subtleties. And actually this last week, my podcast episode was on closure and, or the lack of closure in a breakup. And I was kind of walking through some of the reasons why someone might not be able to give you closure. And it might just be like that they don't know. Maybe they just fell out of love. And, you know, like you mentioned, they're just not my person and they don't mm -hmm. necessarily know all of the whys. So just because someone can't give you closure, it doesn't mean that they're trying to torture you or like lie to you. It's sometimes they just either don't know all of the reasons or they just, mm -hmm. you know, aren't in a place where they can fully express that to the other person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and then I wanted to jump back to what you were saying about guys not reaching out after a breakup. I think mm -hmm. so many people take that as they don't care. But in my experience, I think it's the most respectful thing a guy can do after a breakup is if they don't want to be with you to fully tell you yeah. that, to not say like, well, we'll see in a couple months or try like take that easy way out because it's so much easier if you're breaking up with someone to say well we can stay friends you never know what the future holds that's a lot right. easier to break up with someone that way and but when you give like the full cut it's difficult but that's the in my opinion that's like the respectful thing to do and mm -hmm. I used to take it as oh, I'm not hearing from him. He must not care. But what I finally realized is like, no, he really cares. And he has chosen to not lead me on, to not send mixed messages. So I think hearing you say that is super mm -hmm. important because I think a lot yeah. of people go through that. Yeah. And even to the point that we're just wired differently too. So if you can imagine like man to man, two guys talking and you play it out and maybe the guy says like, you know, I know obviously we're broken up, but, oh, I forgot to my guy voice. I know we're like obviously broken up, but I miss, you know, talking to her. I think I'm just going to call her. And that guy friend would most likely be like, don't call her. Like, dude, don't call her. You're going to give her the wrong idea. 
of course you miss her. You were together for a while. You're really close. But like, if, if you're not going to get back together with her, then you shouldn't do that. And the guy probably wouldn't. So I think if like, if women can think, I mean, there might be these scenarios where of course you're missed. If you were with someone for a while, there was something there, but that's just how simple I think a conversation can go in a, in a, a, a guy's head of sure, of course he's missing you. But if he starts showing up in that way and he's really not going to be there for the long haul, then that doesn't help anyone. Yeah. That reminds me the last big breakup I went through, I wanted to text my ex on his birthday. And I, I did that thing, you know, where you ask like 10 people, cause you just need yep. one person to tell you it's a good, <laughs> good idea. Yeah, totally. So of course, and like you know, couple- which one person too, by the way, always you know, like that one that you can start with, that'll give you the reassurance. Yeah. So I find, <laughs> I found that one person that told me yes. And then I asked a guy friend and what he just broke it down for me so simply and just told me like, I'm setting myself up for disappointment. And he doesn't really care if I text him on his birthday. Like he probably thinks I'm, he's probably, he's like, he probably knows you're thinking about him. You don't need to text him. He doesn't really care. And what, what's he going to say back? Thank you. Like, what are you expecting him to say back? Like, I miss you. I made a mistake you know, all that kind of stuff. But the way he explained it to me was so important. And I think having that kind of perspective in that was, was really good for me. Yeah, totally. And I, I'm not like, I think before maybe, um, depending on what you're looking for, I think if you're just like single and having fun or you're newly divorced and you just want to like make up for lost time, um, and you want to play some games, you know, go for it. If, you do want something serious and you want to break that cycle. Um, I think something in that example is kind of interesting to where if you were going to text him on his birthday and he'd probably assume that it's his birthday and that if you were still into it, you text him. And then the fact that you don't, and it's like midnight and let maybe he'd even think of you like, Oh wait, I'm like, that's so weird. I thought I would hear from her. I guess she's moved on. And then maybe through that space, the guy figures it out or he doesn't, but at least you're doing nothing. I, my whole thing, especially talking to these guys is like, when in doubt, do nothing, like let mm-hmm. him come to you. Um, if you're in that gaming, um, if you're going back and forth, of course, if you're like in a relationship or close to one, I think it's great when you can just say how you feel without the games, but yeah. I know everyone's, you know, at all different speeds. So um, I think it's just, the consistency there is like let someone show you too because if you're always hunting for the occasion and the reason to reach out um that person could be just a nice person and want to acknowledge that but then you get into that whole hope cycle when the guy is really showing you if you let him yeah I love that when in doubt do nothing and speaking of like games so mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I don't know if I shared this with you, but I read, um, oh no, it was someone else I was talking to, but I totally read, I don't know if you've read Why Men Love Bitches, that book from like, it was from like forever ago, but I mm-hmm. think I read it like at the end of high school. And I think <laughs> I had this belief for a very long time that in order to get a guy, I had to play the game, you know, and mm-hmm. in your experience, 
talking with these guys, do you feel like that's true? Like, do they want a girl that plays the game or do they want to be able to pursue and just have the girl be herself? So that's my favorite question because like, so on the show, so I, I also preface this with myself included and these guys, no one is an expert, which is, is the beauty of what I was looking for, because I do feel like, um, a lot of experts that, that are men telling women how to be and women that are telling men how to be. Um, it's really hard to be an expert because you, you, even for me, I'm single. So when I'm giving advice, I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm single though. So like take it with a grain of salt. But I also feel like, uh, I've gone in waves of like the game playing and books like that. Or like, remember the book, the rules, where yes. like you can't accept a date after Wednesday for the weekend or something. So I've done all the things and, and then I've more recently kind of just done nothing. And I, I kind of feel like if it's that difficult, then I don't, I, I'm turned off before it was like a, co- a conquest and a game. And, and so um, with these guys, uh, we did an episode and I said, so should a girl be totally, I mean, not totally available. Cause that's probably not appealing to anyone, but do you want a girl that is hard to get or do you want a girl that's more available? And they all had different answers based on the type of guy that they are and the life stage that they're in. So if you're like super young and single, it's probably kind of attractive to like get someone. Um, What I'm finding even like during COVID, which is really interesting is there's this shift in like, you can't really play games. You can't like as easily. So I'm finding that it's such a good time now to like go back to basics where you're actually kind of leading with um, a conversation first and then deciding if, depending on where you live and what your, your, um, what your risk is, if you want to meet up with this person. Um, and so just to make sure I answer the question, when I brought that up in an episode, I was like hysterically laughing because all the answers were very different. And I was like, well, one guy said, which I thought was good advice. Um, I like a girl that is responsive, not overly available, that is like, can make plans at any moment, um, but isn't like waiting 24 hours to text back because especially now everyone has their phone. There's no reason why within a few hours you wouldn't text back. So um, I think that most of the men who are like ready for something, they, They want, I mean, men like to chase. So they want something that they can, it's like I said, so you have to find that perfect sweet spot where you're not too available, but you're not too unavailable. And they're all like, yeah, yeah, totally. So that's (laughs) the answer I got. And so that's what I'm trying. Um, But I found too, I mean, not knowing where anything will lead, but um, I was so used to, you know, I, I live in New York. So the, the chase and the simmering and the, ghosting and it's like exciting and you meet people and then you may meet up, you may not. And, uh, it can feel a bit transactional. And, um, I recently met someone just very early, but who is literally texting every single day, wanting to do like video calls, phone calls. And I'm personally, I'm even like, wait, what's the cat? Like what? Someone that is like so consistent. It's been, it's really surprising to me. And then I'm thinking, well, wow, like this is a whole new level of like, what can I, can people really expect this? Because it was so used to the other. So that only, the only reason I mentioned that is 
it's feeling pretty easy and there isn't this gameplay and there isn't like days go by or did he say too much or did I, it's kind of just like in a good flow. And so clearly I don't know, you know, it's not about this specific person or, or this example, but it just kind of goes to show you that I think um, it should be pretty easy um, when it's really difficult. I feel like that's a good time to maybe take that advice of the action first. And, you know, if it's that difficult, then maybe it's time to explore other things. Yeah, I I mean, just like reflecting back to the dates and relationships and all of that where I was like timing text messages and literally like before I send a text, like have to get it cleared by like five people and like all of my texts are like ghost written by a friend because it's like I was so focused on playing the game and you know not just like in the relationship where I ended up getting married but like the one before like the last couple relationships I started realizing like okay I don't it doesn't have to feel so hard it doesn't have to feel like because I'm just not a game playing person. So it's mm-hmm. like, why would I play a game if I don't, if that's not who I am and that's not the mm-hmm. person that I want to attract? Um, but I love, like, I love that point. Like, I think it shouldn't, I think it should feel relatively easy. I mean, all dating in the beginning is super uncomfortable for the most yeah. part. Um, but if it like continues to feel, <clears throat> you know, like you're having to like keep, like keep score. Like I was like a big scorekeeper of like, yeah, okay, totally. he's, he's texted me first or I've texted him first the last three texts. So therefore I shouldn't text him first. I need to wait for him to do it first. Right. You know, all and, of that And think of, of like all that energy, right? Like, so I, actually on the show, I secretly used one of my texts that I got from someone that I was like torn about so like this anonymous person and I put it up there and I I had been going back and forth with all my friends but he he's showing me this but then this but then it's not it's not adding up and so one of the guys um says well what's the background and I start explaining it and as I'm explaining it I'm hearing myself talk and I'm looking at his expression and he's so right I can already I already know what he's gonna say and he's just like what? Like lose this guy. Like what next? You know? And it was like, I actually felt this like big sigh of relief. Like, you know what, what am I doing? This is so much energy and effort and analyzing this text. And like, it just shouldn't be this difficult. And from that day on, I was just like, it's a new, um, it's almost like a safe word I have of like, what, what am I doing here? Am I on autopilot that I'm playing the games and like the witty text, it, it can be a high though. It can be when it's fun. It's really fun. Cause then there's like banter and you're, but when it's like a lot of banter and then nothing to show for it. Um, if you are looking for something serious, then I think it's just, you know, just asking yourself or asking a guy friend too. I think like girlfriends are amazing and they're so supportive, but if you need like a quick reality check, You know, it could be just ask one of your guy friends and you may not want to hear what they have to say, but it might be like just what you need to just move on a little faster. And 
save yourself from wasting all of that energy. That's something I talk a lot about with breakup besties, like the time you're spending on his Facebook, on his Instagram, like doing the, I call it like playing the investigator is like, you're putting so much energy into this other person when, you know, especially when you're going, when you're like healing something, you need to preserve all of that energy that you can. And so if you're dumping all of your stuff into someone else, it's like, and I think it's the same thing, you know, with, with dating. I mean, there were, you know, times that when I was with someone newer, like I couldn't concentrate at work and, you know, there's the fun kind of that where you're like so excited butterflies, but there's also the times where you're like, I don't feel okay until he texts me back. Like I, Oh, that's yeah. Yeah. You're like, uh, I'm gonna, okay. What am I going to do in the downtime until he does, uh, like call some friends and talk about it. Then the worst is when you're like, uh, I just need it to be later. Maybe I'll just take a nap. Like it's real. it can be really bad. And to your point, the whole thing of like, after a breakup researching and looking at pictures, it's, it's literally torture. It, it'd be like walking into a bar and seeing your ex with a new person, but then doing it over and over again. And like, what does she look like? Is she cute? But from the side, she's cute with the front. Not that cute. Okay. You know, like whatever you're doing to make yourself feel better when that could be either. This is too cliche to say. I would say like time working on yourself, but really I would say more time, like seeing what else is out there once you've done that work too. But you know, that energy, it's, it's like, it's really painful. And these guys, you know, if they're moving on, um, there's probably not as many men looking at Instagram for their exes as there are women, you know, holding on to these men. So, um, the guys that I talk to would say definitely like take that energy. There's so many fish in the sea, go out there and when you're ready and explore. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you do if you had unlimited time and energy? As you're navigating your breakup, I know your energy can feel low and it can feel really difficult to complete everything you need to in a day. When you're emotionally exhausted, it's especially important to be really clear on what your priorities are and where your energy should be invested. Therapy has helped me in the past figuring out where I should be putting my energy, whether that's career, friendships, relationships, events, which in turn has helped lower my anxiety because I don't always have to feel stretched thin or behind. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash heartbreak today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash heartbreak. Are you looking for a guilt-free way to unwind? Between balancing your breakup, work, and just functioning in your day-to-day life, I know you are under a lot of stress. Breakups mess with your nervous system, cause obsessive thoughts, and make it so hard to just sit with yourself. This is why it's so important to have rituals that allow you to treat yourself in a healthy way. And this is why I love Recess Mood, a sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like stress-balancing adaptogens and mood-lifting magnesium. Life has been very full and stressful for me lately, and as someone who hasn't had alcohol in 11 years, I need something that helps me relax and that can bring me a moment of peace. Lately, my 
favorite way to do that is sitting on the couch after I put my kids to bed and having either the strawberry rose or the lime recess mood. They not only make me feel good, but they also taste incredible too. So whether you're looking for a healthier alternative to alcohol or a way to make you feel more balanced, you deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash heartbreak and get 15% off recess mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Absolutely. And I think too, like when we're spending all this time analyzing their behavior, their words, I love that you know, like it's like the meme where there's the couple in bed and she has this thought bubble and she's like, I bet he's thinking about like how like the girl at work is super hot and like he's probably thinking about leaving me and there's like this huge long thought bubble and the guy's like, I wonder how fast this motorcycle can go. Like they're literally (laughs) thinking about like nothing that, you know, we are. And, you know, to bring it back, like it sounds like it's not, and that was kind of one of my questions is, you know, men tend to not be as, to, tend to not be seen as so emotional. And even like, there was a couple women in my Facebook group when I brought this up of saying like, I know it's not because they like don't necessarily care, but they don't seem as willing to like work on the emotional side of things in a relationship or like women, I think women tend to stick it out in relationships longer because they want to do like the work to get through it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, someone mentioned like, it doesn't seem like men are as willing to have those tough conversations and they're more willing to just kind of cut it and run. Mm -hmm. I think that the right combination of people works. Like I think if, if the, the woman is really into self-discovery and the man is open to it, but doesn't have experience in talking to a coach or a therapist. If then if they're open to it, I think it's amazing. If they're not, and the other person is, then there's so many men out there. Like I mentioned in these, there's another group called Juno and there's um, a lot of men that are really open to this exploration. And I think as women, if we can look a little a little more, um, a little more, if we can get a little more specific on what's actually good for us, because I think a lot of times it's like a job, right? You read a job description as you would maybe do your list of what you want in a, in a man, right? And you actually get to the interview. Um, and you think about, I mean, maybe not now, cause everyone probably wants a new job, but, but basically what, what I, what I'm trying to say is, a lot of times, um, once you get to the interview and you start really hearing more about it, and then you think instead of like, I want this job, it's like asking yourself, is this job good for me? Like, will I like who I am in this job? Similar to with a guy, I think, and I do it too, where I'm like, okay, I want this, these five things. And then if you've had those five things, um, it might bring out a certain side of you versus someone else. So if I have like the really hot, like, guy's guy. Um, that's not the worst thing in the world, but if I want to go deeper and I want to have this like very, um, growth oriented kind of relationship and eventually have a family and I would love someone who's open to going through coaching or therapy together. That's a very different guy than the hottest guy in the room. So I think sometimes like 
when you get in patterns of what you like and what you don't like, also stopping to think like some of these guys have said on the show, like what actually brings out the best side of me and who am I best with? So to your point, that person who maybe wants that more emotionally connected person, maybe they try someone who can show that from the beginning and have deeper conversations. And maybe that's their person than the guy they've been with for a few years that they just thought they naturally would go to the next level with. Yes. So much yes. I (laughs) think we tend to demonize guys for not wanting to change, but it's like, I don't think you know, like if you're in a long-term marriage and like you have to grow together and change and adapt to having kids and all that kind of stuff. But Mm -hmm. like, if we're talking about like personality traits and values and things like that, I don't think we should be demonizing people for like not wanting to go from being someone who's not emotional to all of a sudden someone who's like in like a coaching therapy kind of group. So Mm -hmm. And I know in my experience, being someone who had really low self-worth for a really long time, like I would make those leaps in relationships Mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, I'm not a religious person, but I was with a guy who wanted like a good Christian girl. So what did I do? Mm -hmm. I like became the good Christian girl. And what I, you know, ultimately learned now that I've gotten more secure with who I am and what I like, like it's a good thing to be with someone who's not going to like drop everything that's important to them to like match what you want. And, you know, just because a guy doesn't want to change doesn't mean he's not a bad guy. It just means that you probably aren't with the right guy. (laughs) Yeah. Or maybe even you've evolved. Like maybe, you know, maybe you grew up thinking, I want this guy, the prize in the rom-com. Like I want that guy that looks like that. He's like super like, um, smooth and like that's an outgoing and fun life of the party. But as you get older, maybe you just want like someone who's really kind and supportive and fun, but is the friend of the really like loud, crazy guy. Um, and so I think one of the things that came up too, we have um, this part called just the tits. And then we have each guy go around and give their tits to every girl. Yeah. And the one that kept coming up too um, was again, very basic, but a lot of this is pretty basic coming from them, which is be yourself from the beginning because you will have to catch up at some point. So let's say you get the guy, the first six months in your, in your case, you're like the good Christian girl and you're like fitting the bill. And after six months, you're like, I'm not that good. Or like being this good is not fun. That's not really me. And then you finally, you know, come into your own and that's maybe month eight or nine. And you come to realize that like, that is what he wants and you've been being something else. So now that's a whole year you've wasted and your ego is like, great, I got the guy, but that's not the guy and that time isn't coming back. So so I think some of it is like, during this time, maybe reflecting on like, what could be really good for you. Um, And yeah, the guys have said it multiple times, just be who you are from the beginning because you'll weed out the wrong people. And, or you weed out the right, the wrong, right people. Um, so because of that, you know, you're being who you are and that may not mean you rack them all up, but at the end of the day, if you want the right one, then the quantity or the roster isn't as important. That's so true. And I think 
when you don't act like yourself and you are trying to like fit, you know, the, what the person wants in the end, both people are resentful. Cause it's like, you're resentful. Cause you haven't been able to be yourself. And you're like, why yeah. have I had to play this part to be with you? And the guy's like, totally. I never wanted you to play a part. Like I, you know, this is who I thought you were. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it leads to that, you know, resentment on, on both sides. And one of, you know, the reasons I started breakup bestie is I think I mentioned I had gone through three breakups in two years getting dumped three times in two years because the guy didn't want to get married or have kids. And so finally I'm like, I should probably find out if they want to get married or have kids a little earlier, you know? And I got to this point where I'm like, second date, like, hey, not saying this is with you, but this is really important. This is important to me. Yeah. And, you know, I've just learned like, if they're freaked out by that, like, I don't need, you know, it's not like I'm like, hey, do you think you want to marry me? It's like, no, right. do you see marriage and kids in your future? Because I'm at that point where like, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. And, you know, it's not so being good. afraid to have those like tougher conversations because a guy will tell you yes or no. And it's like, would you, wouldn't you rather know sooner rather than later? Yeah, a hundred percent. I asked that same question um, of a few different guys at one point. And the ones that said it would freak them out were the ones that were like the players or, or they just weren't ready. It doesn't mean those are bad people. It's just, yeah. it's better to, to know that going in. Um, I used to not do that knowing that I did want that because I also was like, well, I don't want to come off too much. And I would say the same point, not with you specifically, but that made me feel better because it was true. It wasn't like a lifetime movie. Like I just need to have a baby with someone. It was like, <laughs> I... I want to know that my time isn't wasted. So I met this guy and he's younger and he was so great. And I actually, someone, it was not my fault. Someone told me he was a little older, which still made him younger. But anyway, we spent like three months hanging out and I just didn't even mention it. And I was like, oh good. Now we have like the foundation and whatever. And when I mentioned it, I learned his real age and that he was not even close. It wasn't like anything personal. It was the mm-hmm. easiest one to get over because we were literally in different like lifetimes. Um, but he, it was awful. Oh, the, the awful part of it was that I wasted not just the time, but the energy. Cause I was mm-hmm. like excited about it and into it. And then it was like, Oh, well this definitely cannot work. So now um, I go like second or third date. I'm getting better. I'm you're motivating me to push to second. Yeah. Um, and I recently, like someone asked me, which was like, I loved that. And on the show, someone was saying we had, um, a guy on from the Bravo show summer house. Oh yeah. And he was, he was, um, uh, Carl, Carl Radke. Oh, and he's yeah. awesome. But he was like, he was making the point and saying, well, what would you think if a guy said, um, on the first date, like, how soon would you want to get married and have kids? And like, the guys were all laughing about it. And I'm secretly like, I would love that. Yeah. That would be amazing. I, again, not with me specifically, because the guy doesn't know me, but like, if that, like finding that out from the way beginning would be great. But again, I'm in, I'm in it. And you were in that life stage where that really resonated with you. If I was 25, I would be like, oh, this creepy guy. Like, I just am in this for fun. So you know, I think it is really just communicating what you want and what you don't want. Um, and I think the guy, you know, the whole point is guys are direct and they're blunt. And um, 
but I think it's really important the way you present it. It's just kind of how you, you suggested it versus this long drawn out conversation. Yes. That, that can be like, you know, guys don't love that, especially in the beginning. Um, so I would just like slide it in there, see what you get and then move on and, and go from there. Yeah. And I think too, I, I spent a while feeling resentful at those guys. And then like looking back on them, like one, I didn't ask. So how, you know, like they're not, mm-hmm. it wasn't like they were lying or being deceitful. It was just, I didn't ask. And then there was one where like, I fully knew he like, didn't know about marriage. And I was like, okay, I can do this. Like, mm-hmm. Things will change. So I think for a lot of us, like if we really look back on relationships, we could see, like we knew the signs, you know, it's just we made the decision to ignore those signs. And, you know, we made the choice not to ask the tough questions because we didn't want to feel uncomfortable. And so then we're left with like certain consequences you know, from that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that the same thing. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. I'm just going to say um, the same thing that Carl said was, you know, when I'm just getting to know someone and he was saying he does want something serious, whether that's changed or not. But at that time he was looking for something serious and he said, but something along the lines of, you know, but I'm just trying to get to know you in the beginning. So if you come in with all these expectations, um, not vocalizing what we said about kids, but if you come in thinking like, this is going to be a really serious thing and it's going this way and this is what I want. And he's just coming at it like, okay, what's this girl about and who is she and what's she into? Like, I think when we can meet somewhere in the middle where we can't change necessarily like how we're wired, but if we know the signs and we're going there to kind of just be like, you know what, let me just get to know this person and not come with, you know, come in so hot. Um, I think that we could try to get the answers, um, but without letting too much time pass, but not coming in so, um, so heavy with all these expectations. Yeah. I remember I was, I worked with a, like a mentor for a while and she would always just say like, Kendra, be casual, like in conversation, <laughs> like in tough things. Cause I would be like, yeah. Hey, I need to talk to you about like this particular thing. And I'm thinking this because like X, Y, Z, and it's just like, it could be a one sentence question and like go mm-hmm. way better. So just focusing on, um, being more casual. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. So I have a couple questions left. One of them Mm -hmm. is, um, wanted to talk about sex. So someone from, and I think this is like an age old question between men and women, but does, so someone from my Facebook group asked, does sex have any kind of emotional feeling or connection, or is it just a bodily function for most men? Well, I can totally be honest. Yeah. 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 Um, if there's a connection, I think if, from what I've asked these guys is sleeping together um, with a girl, even early on, is that a deal breaker? Is that a deal maker? Um, they, it's across the board. I mean, yes, guys by nature can separate it as like a fun act. Um, I think a lot of women can though too, especially the last few years. I think there are a lot of women that may not, even that specific guy, similar to how we might say, we want to have babies, but not necessarily with you, but we are having that. I think there's a lot of women that say, I just got out of the divorce or I'm single and this is not my guy, but he's really cute or the chemistry's there, but 
the brain power or the other connection isn't, but I'm just going to take it for what it is. So I think guys can historically do that better or more often, but seeing more women do that now. And I think it's great. Um, but I think, yeah, men can kind of separate like a fun night and a good time. I think if they really like a girl, um, and there's a connection there, then it means more. So I know it sounds simple, but we're still talking about the male brain, which can sometimes be a lot more simple than ours. So I think it's, it's case by case, but overall, yeah, I think, um, men have a better time looking at it for what it is, which is sex. And I think a lot of times we obviously go into like, well, what does that mean? And it seemed to be this way now after that, it's going to be more serious. And then sometimes we get disappointed when it's not that. So, um, you know, I mean, from what I've gotten from a good number of guys, uh, I think <laughs> one of my favorites was this, uh, British guy, um, who's a friend of mine, very charming. And I say, um, same question. So it was more about how soon should you? Mm -hmm. And I said, um, you know, what about how soon should you or a first date or should a girl wait? And if she waits and she's thinking, you know, she's put in all this time and energy and then it happens and you disappear, then what should, what should this girl do? So, um, his advice, I said first, okay, so what should a girl do? Should sleeping together on the first date deal breaker or not? And he says, um, Oh no, I don't want to sleep with a girl on the first date. I want to get to know her. I want the chemistry to build. And I'm in real time. I'm looking and listening like, oh yeah, that's so great. Like, yeah, it's perfect. And then, then all of a sudden the switch goes off as being like the investigator on behalf of all the ladies. And I'm like, okay, so if that's the case, does that mean that you don't try on the first date? Like you personally, do you not try then? Oh no, I've got to always let you try. I need to test it and see, you know? And I'm like, what do you want a girl to do? You just told me in literally the same sentence that she shouldn't and then she should. And if she doesn't, she's pretty, you know, all of that. So my takeaway was, and I, I do think this is um, really good advice from these guys, um, which was cumulative, not just his, which yeah. is um, at least like get to know the person a little bit longer, like date two, date three, date four, maybe some women are like date 15 and they think that that's too short of a window and that's totally fine too. But for women that are like, should I just like do it if I want or should I not? Um, it's something that stood out to me that one of them said was like, you know, men are these like hunters and, and they chase. So not that you're waiting to play the game, but that you're kind of giving them a little more time to see you as like an actual functioning human being separate of being a female that's like they would like to explore yeah. um so you're really like talking more getting to know each other spending more time and then that's a great bonus um versus the first time um and people can I think go back and forth and thinking um should I wait or should I just do it and then will I regret it so um I think that's a good rule of thumb but then also some of these guys say, you know, there's people from one night stands that end up together. I think we think as women, we kind of have to script out this whole thing. And I think as long as you're being true to what you are feeling, if waiting a little bit makes sense for what you're looking for, I think that's a great way to go. Um, if you're in the moment, I wouldn't regret it. There's guys too that said, yeah, after that, we had a full-blown relationship. And then guys say, after that, you know, I didn't 
reach out because I didn't see anything there. So a lot of it is case by case, but a lot of it is just like shifting the way that you think in going down that rabbit hole of all this drawn out advice and analyzing and just sometimes even just like think like a guy or not be not not act like a guy I'm not I, I would never say that anyone should change the way that they act but I think in this analyzing part um the contrast is men are just like let us show you that's the answer take it or leave it and it actually feels less heavy than the burden of all the like investigating yeah and I you know kind of what I heard you say too is like for women, sex is typically like a progression in the mm-hmm. relationship where men, like, it might not be at all. Like, it might just be like, you know, the same, you know, it, it could just yeah. be like another thing that they're doing. Um, and I think, you know, for me in the past, like, you know, I've had like the one night stand and then assume like I'm waiting for the next day for them to like take me to dinner. And then mm-hmm. I get like, yeah, all yes. down on myself when it's like, no, that like one, there's nothing wrong with one night stands. And, you know, when I talk about it specifically with breakups, I'm like, Hey, there's nothing wrong with a one night stand. But mm-hmm. like, if you're then using that as like fuel to your heartbreak where you're like, Oh, I never heard from them again. It's like, if you want to have a one night stand, go have a one night stand, like totally enjoy mm-hmm. it. Don't feel guilty about it. But like, you've got to cut off the expectations after that. Um, and I think, you know, what I'm hearing you say is like, men just can innately do that a little bit better than us. Yeah. But to your point, a one night stand is a one night stand. If you can do that, then I think that's great. Everyone has needs, like go for yeah. it. But if you're doing that in the hopes of like, and not even just in the hopes, in the plan where it's like, okay, so that happens. You just laugh like, all right, we're not going to breakfast, but maybe like dinner in a week, a couple days. Like I'm just going to wait it out and see. And then I ask some friends, like, should I text like every time? And I would just be like, no, don't do it. Don't text anything. Um, but yeah, I think if your intention is true, then you, you're matching with the guy, right? You're like, the one I stand, it's fine. But if you're like, I'm going to do this in the hopes of more, then that's obviously a lot of room for disappointment. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Um, yeah. I was just thinking, I bet so many of your friends, I bet you're like the advice giver to so many friends now. So you have like <laughs> this whole new realm yeah. of knowledge. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I literally, it, I did it. I've had this idea for years and it was all because I was starting to talk to more of my guy friends and I thought if I could just bottle this and like give it to the sisterhood, um, it would save a lot of time. It doesn't take away. I mean, we still need each other and I'm still like, I'll give that advice and then I'll, I'll like, um, ask a girlfriend to compare what the guy says. And, um, and yeah, it's been really eye opening, and I'm so happy to like tell them what I've learned and what I'm continuing to learn. Um, because it really is like in between all the stress of it, it's pretty entertaining um, how differently we really think. And it is kind of nice to like think in black and white sometimes, um, especially because it's like relationship is just something you want so bad and it's out of your control. So you want to, you want to feel like you're doing something. And so I think that's why sometimes we like grab onto whatever we can make it bigger. When actually if you can make it smaller, and just see it for what it is, then you can take that time and put it into other things. And it, it feels so much better. 
easier said than done, especially if we're really talking about breakups and the first uh, like part of getting over the breakup. I know there's so many layers to it, but um, I think asking your friends to your guy friends and to your point, your husband and your husband's yeah. friends, it kind of, it shows you how differently you really see things. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I was going to say, like, I think the biggest thing that I'm always faced with is how much more simple their answers are, which like you said, like either more simple, more black and white is just a lot less tiring, to, you know, mm-hmm. to think about or to analyze yeah. or anything like that. Um, and my last question for you is mm-hmm. what has, what have you learned that has surprised you the most over the course of Mailroom? Um, what I've learned is um, how different a lot of the answers are based on the type of guests that we have on, which it sounds pretty basic, but I think um, people have patterns in the type of partners that they go after. And it was pretty eye-opening to me because I tend to go for a certain type and hearing like the really nice guy answer the same question in a really nice way. And I think um, just even as the host, but also in living it, I'm sitting there thinking, wow, like there's guys like that that actually say those things and think those things differently than others. So um, I think sometimes when you're used to having relationships and pursuing the same type of guy, it perpetuates this stereotype of the, all these guys are the same. They're all players or they're all, and then um, hearing and seeing these different types. And even there's some different types that even as friends of mine have, have watched it and thought like, well, that guy's interesting. I would never normally go for that guy. And I think, friends of mine that are married sometimes say my husband's amazing but he was never the guy I thought I would end up with I thought I would be with this guy from the rom-com or whatever and or this like super smooth or super sweet guy but instead I'm with this very like eccentric very um you know open and and like we talked about maybe someone who's into self-discovery that they never thought they would be they thought they'd be with someone super masculine and instead they're with someone different so I think um to me, it was just really seeing the different types of guys and based on their experience and based on um, their relationships and how they answer, it wasn't as, as, um, as, as general as I thought. Like most men are going to answer this question this way. So it was just different perspectives, really. And I think that's what was really interesting to me that I didn't know quite going in, um, but that, yeah, seeing that was, was really helpful. I love that. And I think that's such a great thing to, to end on. I have always, it's always been really, really important to me at break at bestie that I've, that I never become like a male bashing website or content producer, because I think it's a cheap shot that probably Mm -hmm. gets a lot of attention, but that's never what, you know, I don't believe like all men are liars. Like I just, Mm -hmm. we can never, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, we can't put that kind of, we can't put what you said, like we can't put any one type of stereotype on a, like a group that's half of our entire population. Mm -hmm. So, you know, being able to see like, yeah, you maybe lost like the guy that you loved or you thought you were going to spend the rest of your life with, but there are so many different kinds of guys out there. And that's why like, I think dating so important because 
you're learning what you like and what you don't like. And, you know, at least in my experience, relationships have been like my number one teacher in like any kind of lessons that I learn. And so that's why it's so important to like not lose hope and to keep, you know, to keep learning. And you mentioned it earlier, but like get really clear on like what's super important to you. Like what are values for you that you like can't not have in a relationship and Mm -hmm. like focus on attracting those kinds of people instead of just saying like, I'm going to end up sing, you know, single forever because all guys suck. And it's like, that's just not true. Right. Yeah. And, And the last thing too, I'll tell you is I think it's really important. I think the word single just has this like negative sort of sad vibe to it. And what, what we're, we're focused on is um, like this whole premise of what I said earlier, the selectively unattached. And that to me just feels so much better. Meaning like you're, you're going to pick what's best for you. You're going to take the time. Um, and a lot of like, you're saying the content out there to me, it's either male bashing or it's, um, all this different, um, advice out there that also kind of makes, it's almost like a, um, a sad kind of, um, place to be in where, you know, it's like, well, what's wrong. And I think sometimes if you are someone who is really, you know, your worth and you want to find the partner to share it with, then we find it sounds a little better. It's all positioning and and I'm a marketing background. So that's probably why, but, um, but that selectively unattached just really resonated to us because it takes away that like stigma a little bit. And, um, I think people feel like they're in such a rush and sometimes people will say that they do something, you know, based on either thinking that they should be at a certain place in their life. And, um, I'm just hopeful that people can see the whole other side of just really great women and men that, you know, are just waiting for the right time and the right person and not trying to rush it too much. Yeah. And I single to me just feels like something like people want to try to like not be it's like something that like you're supposed to graduate from like ASAP where you know I remember someone telling me like hey enjoy this time single because like at some point in the future like you'll totally miss it and I'm super open about like there you know being in that place where like I wasn't in a relationship and I was like fully dedicated to just Kendra and being able to like do things with my girlfriends anytime I wanted to. And like, just being able to have that like freedom was Mm -hmm. so beautiful. And it was like such a important part of my life that like, I'll always look back at fondly. And Mm -hmm. if I had instead had that mindset of like, I have to get out of this, like now I would have, number one, I would have ended up with someone that I probably shouldn't have. And two, I would have missed out on this beautiful experience that I had in that time, you know? Yeah, totally. I'm so glad you said that. That makes total sense. That is, you know, something you're like, that's like your status that you're running away from. Yeah. And you'll, a lot of people, you'll do anything at all costs. Like, oh, he'll do. But then later think like, oh, you know, yes, I, I lost the status, but look what I've gained. Actually, that sounds mean, but, um, so yeah, I think that, um, that's a great way to look at it for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, this has been so fun. Um, yeah. I loved talking to you. Can Thank you tell you. everyone too. where they can find Mailroom? I'll put it all in the show notes too, but yeah. maybe say where we can find you on social, website, all of that. Yes, that'd be great. So Mailroom is um, on Spotify and iTunes with our podcast. And then videos are on YouTube and a few other women's sites. And our Instagram is Mailroom Official. And Mailroom is spelled M-A-L-E. Yes. Very important. See what we did there? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. So thank you so much. I was like literally talking to uh, my girlfriend. I know. It went by so fast. <laughs> I love <laughs> I interviews like that. Well, thank you for coming on. Um, would love to have you on again. So um, we will make that happen. But thanks so much for yeah. talking to us. And yes, thank sure you. everyone to check out Mailroom for, you know, more of this incredible perspective that we yeah. just don't have access to on a regular basis. So thank you well, guys now for, you do. for making that accessible to all of us. Of so, course. so yeah. yeah. And also if any of your listeners too want to send in their texts, we can analyze them on the show and they can be anonymous um, if they're interested. Oh, they would love that. I do that here. Yeah, People can awesome. send in their breakup story anonymous oh, cool. and I'll yeah. walk through it. So, um, Amazing. so yeah, so I'll put the, all that info in the show notes. So thank awesome. you so much. Okay, Mindy. Perfect. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you loved it, I hope you'll leave a review and share with your friends. If you're not already following me on Instagram, head to at your breakup bestie where I'm sharing new content almost every day. To join our Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with thousands of people from all over the world going through breakups, head to the link in the show notes. And don't forget to check out my online courses for more in-depth help through your healing journey. I always end these episodes the same way, reminding you to be nice to yourself, stay connected with loved ones, and the biggest reminder is that this too shall pass. I promise. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.